0: Welcome to Table Talk. This is the podcast where we attempt, I think that's the key word, attempt to connect Christianity with current culture. You might think that's for religious people. It's not. It's just for open-minded, free thinkers, anyone who uh, likes to chat. Uh, and my name is Timpani, Jack Timpany. And I am Johnston, Graham Johnston. <laughs> doesn't work quite so well with that many... Sitcoms, it doesn't, does it? it doesn't, does it? Yeah, so previous episode making real men now we're moving on to james bond a lot of people would look up to him as that kind of action man hero type guy so be interesting to dig into that with our special guest simpson george simpson who is film critic and a massive james bond fan welcome to the podcast george
1: Great to be here. Thank you. I mean,
0: this is cool. I mean, your job is cool, isn't it? Do you enjoy it, being a film critic?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, it's only a little part of my job. The main part of my job is reporting the world of film. I also cover music, books and theatre, so mainly film and music. The main part of it is being... And it's like like a sports journalist or a politi- politics journalist who is a commentator so it's like being a, a commentator on what's going on in that industry and who's working with who and what speculating about what could happen next that sort of thing
2: nice and, and George are you ever on the red carpet i mean are you getting on to premiers so most okay. of the
1: time it's it's gr- critic screenings um but occasionally you do get that env- invite and the last one was was the bond premiere
0: no wow. way. Amazing. Oh, tell us more. You've got to tell us more.
1: <laughs> I'd say it was a career highlight for sure. Was it, was it? It was me and my boss and we put on black tie, queued up to go in, went up the red carpet. There were all kinds of random celebrities who somehow got in, like Samoa Farah, um, was just hanging around having some popcorn. Brilliant. Um, and Hugh, Hugh Dennis was in the loo. I was wondering, was <laughs> he there? And then he was in the loo. <laughs> Um, we, we, and we, did we, you we,
0: keep your cool? Did you keep your cool? You just yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, totally
1: You've got to keep your cool <laughs> But I, I, remember being, I remember being in the loo And they were like, please take your seats now And I walked past Hugh Dennis And I just said, no time to pee Which he, he <laughs> enjoyed um, <laughs> but, But I think what was quite fun, though, was before it started, we were in this, like, press pen in front of the screen, and then suddenly this marching band comes out, and they start, and then you turn around, and in a box comes... Prince Charles, Prince William, Kate <laughs> Miller, all in there and, and then it's then everyone's like they're like standing to attention, God save our. <laughs> it's like so it's really epic. And then the producers came on, Daniel Craig came on in his pink tux and was like it's really great to be here. Like hope you enjoy the movie and then you just watch it and there's lots of whoops and cheers because everyone who made it is is there. So it's wow. really special.
2: That is so cool. I can't imagine. I, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, it's. <laughs> I didn't realise they did that anywhere. So you know, obviously, at the beginning of a of a you know rugby game or something, yeah, you. see but I wouldn't have thought that if they walked into a
0: film screening, you'd better sing the national anthem. You know what? Though I feel for James Bond, that is quite fitting, but I, it kind of works, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And is can you munch on some popcorn? Is that all right uh, in that sort of situation? Like, well, yeah, uh, they some... usually
1: leave stuff on your seat. So there was some. Um... Uh, martini flavored popcorn official mm,
0: how was that it was pretty good actually yeah <laughs> that's any any other cool merch
1: um a bottle of water as well yeah
0: <laughs> okay Stro- <laughs> go on um then. can i just wow. also, can i just mention
2: as well um daniel craig's pink velvet jacket oh yeah I just, when I saw that, when it was, I I was reading about it on the BBC, the the premiere, and I saw him in that, and I was just like, wow, I need to get myself a velvet jacket. That was seriously cool. (laughs)
0: Do you think you could pull off pink, though? Pink velvet? Um,
2: Not now that Daniel Craig's done it. Definitely not. I think that will forever be, uh... (laughs) I'll be forever trying to be Daniel Craig, and I don't think that will ever happen. So, no, basically there's a joint. So, I'll have to go for something like navy blue or something.
0: Okay, well, look. That's, wow. I mean, we could talk about that for a long time, but that's enough mm. wagging on the tea. Very cool. We Our big question to this episode, which we got George on to help us answer, is mm. why do we love James Bond? So, George, can you give us your kind of, your short answer, and then we'll come back round for a longer answer.
1: Um, short answer is it's a 10-year-old ten, boy's fantasy. Mm. I, th- I think it's, for a lot of guys i know you start liking james bond when you're around that age and it's mainly boys because it's about a guy who's a secret agent he saves the world he has fast cars there's beautiful women which you're interested in when you're a bit older but um and there's the gadgets um it's all very exciting and adventurous um just like any other adventure franchise like indiana jones and interestingly indiana jones was inspired by james bond anyway so he's like an american version of james bond but i think that's the main reason it's that it's that male fantasy that masculine fantasy
0: is that true for you George? when did you start watching james bond can you remember
1: i think it's when my dad bought me the vhs's or like when i went around my grandparents and you watch goldfinger and you just work work your way through them and you're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And and then, of course, you know, you go see your first one at the cinema. I think I think mine was Die Another Day, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, not so good. <laughs> I think my first experience of it, I lived in uh, I was living in Qatar at the time. And so I must have been about eight or nine years old. And I remember being around at a friend's house and watching Goldeneye. And that was my first intro to James Bond and just thinking this is the coolest thing ever. Wow. But then, Gold, Goldeneye was a good starting point. Goldeneye oh. was, was a was a high point, I think. One so of the better cool. ones.
0: Yeah, I mean that. When, if someone says James Bond's like tank smashing through a w- wall, mm. is like is up there in moments, isn't it?
2: Epic scene. And also, I think for me, sorry to get into the nuts and bolts of the Bond <laughs> stuff early,
0: but like,
2: I think for me, they got the they got the the balance of gadgets. Right in that one as well. Mm. Like they had some cool stuff, but it wasn't ridiculous, like an invisible Aston Martin or something. Like, yeah. They just got it, they got it quite bang on, I thought. Like, you know, just mm. cool With badges.
0: one tweet to that, sorry to get really into nuts and bolts, but <laughs> I definitely prefer Aston Martin over BMW.
2: Oh, 100%. Yes. Okay, good. definitely. Okay, good.
0: Okay, anyway, yeah. right, we're getting to it. We've got to go back to George. Can we just do a quick debrief on No Time to Die, first of all? Uh, And then we'll go back to why we love James Bond more. But that is a helpful intro. It's a 10-year-old's fantasy. What did you like about No Time to Die? What didn't you like?
1: Um, What did I like about it? I thought it was a really fun film that whizzed through the three hours. It was, you know, part five of a five-part story starting 15 years ago with Casino Royale it tied tied things up nicely it it was funny it ha- had heartwarming moments it had a bit of everything that you needed so i liked that aspect of it what i wasn't so keen on was i thought it was a bit tonally all over the place um i think daniel craig's films have been as well i think early on you know casino royale it's like we're very serious we're post nine mm. um, we don't have jokes we don't have gadgets we're not messing around we're not Roger Moore. whereas in this one when they are in Cuba, I was like whispering to my boss, are we watching a Roger Moore film here? Like with some of the, some of the cheesy puns and stuff like, like I love that. But then it's like, can you do that? When you've done that earlier on, it's a bit, you know, it was like he was embracing what he was kind of rejecting <laughs> at the start. Interesting. Um, I also think that like the story was a bit all over the place, but I mean, the script's been all over the place as well. So like, what you know, his b- big question is what was Safin's plan? I don't think anyone can answer that question. I
2: also thought he was just quite a boring baddie, if I'm honest. Like, he was obviously mm. a baddie, and he was pretty sort of suitably kind of horrible and wanted to, you know, destroy the world and stuff. But he was mm. – I didn't – there wasn't any character to him. He was quite boring, I thought.
1: Yeah, and he – I think it's – well, it was – everyone was wondering if he was going to be Dr. No, because it was No Time to Die, and he looked like him, and and he was wearing a nowhere mask. And I was thinking, oh, he, he must be, because – you can't top Blofeld. And then it was just like, no, he's just a random baddie. So I found mm. that a little, a little disappointing. I would think it would have been more fun if it was like another classic villain come come back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What was your favourite scene, George?
1: Oh, Cuba. Even though I found aspects of it cheesy, it was just so fun, so entertaining. A bit silly in places, but especially like when he's in black tie and he comes out of the building with that machine gun, then you have Hans Zimmer's... You know, whoa, 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 it's just like, yes.
0: That was cool. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> this is Bond.
0: <laughs> yeah. G, favorite scene?
2: Wow, favorite scene? I mean, I thought the car chase early on was was pretty epic when he was on that motorbike and he was yeah and he, and he that that really epic um shot where he sort of jumps up and over the wall and lands and goes off again i thought that was really i thought that was great
0: okay we've got to talk about the ending can we talk mm. i feel it's been long enough now that yeah. if if you're listening right and you haven't watched it then you're obviously not that into james bond so i think we can just talk about it can't we Open and we can it. call out
2: a spoiler alert like, if you don't want to know, stop listening. Okay,
0: do you want to do the spoiler lot Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler's coming. <laughs> okay, right, George, ending. Talk to me.
1: Yeah, so I, I think before it, it ended, people were wondering, is James Bond going to die? They've never done that before. It's certainly become a, a trope in these films recently. There was The first one to do it was Hugh Jackman's Wolverine died in Logan. Interestingly, with a, a small... Uh, with with a kind of daughter figure by his side then you have Tony Stark sacrificial death at the end of Avengers Endgame five year old little girl and then you have the same thing again in No Time to Die five year time jump he has a daughter he dies but then Mm. um, they actually I just
0: say as a dad with a five year old daughter that's really stressful Uh, I was quite stressed all the way through the film back to you George
1: yeah, no, I, I, I saw it with a friend who's got a three-year-old and he was like, I've struggled with the, the kidnap quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: That's how to tug on the dag's heartstrings out there. And I was like, you know, I came out of the cinema and I like, oh, literally punch you in the face if you touch my daughter, you know, I was like really pumped yeah. up. <laughs> but I'm fine now, I'm much more relaxed just in case people will Okay, so, okay, so it's been, you've seen it around, it's been done before. So why did they do it? Do you think it was a good ending?
1: I, I think it's just, um, it's how stories work. It was it was almost inevitable that he would do that. I think Daniel Craig pro- had creative control and wanted to do that. And it would, was a fitting end to his arc. But then uh, what, what didn't sit well with me was it wasn't quite a good sacrifice in the way it was with like Iron Man. or Because I mean, in a way, Bond is a superhero in a way. Because it was kind of, it was almost like a suicide. So it was slightly, it left me slightly empty. Whereas I think mm. if it was literally like, I need to do this so that she lives. I think that's much more, much more powerful and much more satisfying. And I think we really want that kind of ending from a, a long story arc. And it's certainly popular to do that now. That is so
0: interesting, wasn't it? Because it wasn't like he had to, stay on the island to make sure it properly blew up or anything like that he was just sat there waiting to die because he was like well I can't ever see my daughter and the girl I love anymore so I'm just gonna die
1: yeah I mean he could have just worn gloves it would have been difficult but
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah or one of those sort of COVID hugging things. I don't yeah. know if you've seen those where you sort of go yeah. through the plastic sheets and you can hug <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, that could have worked. So, I mean, come on, James. Think of something. Come
0: on, James. <laughs> Think out of the box. Um, so, okay, so can we just squash the rumours then, George? Like, he definitely did die. He didn't, like, just jump off at the last minute or anything like that.
1: that. Yeah, he did. I mean, right at the end of the end credits, it says James Bond will return, but it doesn't mean Daniel Crave's going to return. Mm. They'll reboot it. And, well, how are
0: they Rubies? How do you think they're going to do that?
1: Well, it's the same way that Casino Royale was a reboot. It was a different. You got to, the way to explain it is it's like um, like like in the the superhero films. It's multiverse. It's another universe where there's someone else who looks different. I mean, we've got we've got uh, this December Spider-Man No Way Home's coming out, and they're bringing back. Well, it's heavily rumored that they're bringing back Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. You know, imagine a film with all the bonds hanging out together. It's, <laughs> but they're, from they're from different universes. I think that's how it works if if that makes sense.
0: Mm, just just try and forget the other universe and then carry on.
1: Well, it's complicated because you could argue that Sean Connery to Pierce Brosnan is the same man whose face just changes and he doesn't age because you have like Roger Moore going to Tracy Bond's grave when that was George Lazenby, who saw his wife die. Then you have Timothy Dalton mentioning he had a wife. And then but, it's, but then they were like, oil, bam, we're starting again, even though Judy Dench is a bit, and it doesn't make any sense.
2: <laughs> to, you're, like, ruining, you're ruining Bond for me, George, sorry. <laughs> I'd never thought of any of this before. I just, I just enjoyed them.
0: While we're on this, though, George, I'm just getting serious for a moment. How much do you think Bond has been a reflection of changing British values throughout that time.
1: Well, I, th- I think Bond's always reflecting the time it's in and the uh, the Broccoli's when they, um, the, that's the producers, when they consider the script, one of the big questions they ask is like, what's going to be the, the biggest fear in the world next? So they, they take that into account. But yeah, as I think as time's gone on, he's slight, he's changed slightly, but none more so than in the Daniel Craig era. To the point where he's not sexually assaulting women anymore. Although arguably he did in Skyfall, people have a real problem with him entering the shower of a woman he's just met who, without her permission, and who who mm. was from a set who was a sex slave. So it's quite interesting that that's a very modern one, and only now people are like that wasn't okay, and that was Daniel Craig's Bond, the supposedly in, in, um, inverted commas woke Bond, which I don't think is really fair because. I mean, what even if it's today, set today, Bond is still this chauvinist pig in, in, in some ways. But then he's an antihero, isn't he? Like Jack Sparrow. You know, he's he's a bit of a villain, he's a bit of a knob, but actually he ends up doing amazing things. And that's more interesting than having a clean-cut person. Again, like in The Avengers, it would have been so boring if Captain America had died, because he's he's perfect. He's, a, um, I think, the terms of Mary Sue, whereas Iron Man at the beginning is this womanising billionaire asshole who then, at the end is a father figure who's sacrificing himself for the world. That's much more interesting, that redemption arc. And I think you get that a bit, especially more so with this Bond, because he's had that five-year arc, whereas you don't get much of a character development in the earlier Bonds.
0: So some people just don't like James Bond. As you said, he's a kind of misogynist, fogey weirdo you're a massive fan and and you've said at the beginning why do people love james bond because he's a 10 year old's fancy so does he need to change if 10 year olds are looking up to him oh that's a
1: big question Why do you think 10 year olds should be looking up to james Bond? <laughs> don't let your 10 year olds look up to him <laughs> well in the same way like like jack sparrow is a great character but then should people look up to this drunken idiot <laughs> the merits who sort of bumbles into saving the world it's but more people interesting do. they're flawed and okay. you are seeing a flawed character overcome their flaws and and change films are basically you have a protagonist and then at the end they've changed because of events that's all it is really and we want to see that over and over again
2: and I think that's one of the sort of really intriguing things about James Bond, particularly the more recent um, Daniel Craig version, is that they don't sort of shy away from his flaws. You know, mm. they're they're quite open about it. And he's quite forthcoming about the fact that he's not perfect. He is quite flawed. And I think I was even watching an, a, an interview with Daniel Craig and he said, I try not to sort of judge the character. I just play the man that he is. And that is flawed. He's got a flawed relationship with women. He's got a flawed relationship with lots of things. And I think as a result seeing, I don't know, there's something almost relatable in that none of us are perfect, and and it's Mm -hmm. sort of nice to see someone that is broken but doing amazing things, if that makes sense, but still not justifying the flaws. You know, it's not to say that they're right, but it's kind of
0: very authentic, almost. But He he was was slightly more emotionally open, though, in this latest film. Would you say Mm -hmm. that, George?
1: Oh, definitely. Well, they, they set it up, don't they, in Casino Royale with that Lady Macbeth shower scene where he gets in the shower to look after... Vesper and he opens his heart a bit and then he gets crushed he's not two-dimensional as I think he has been in the past in a just kind of way entertainment whereas now it's like "ooh, drama you know because Daniel Craig's from a kind of art housey background he's actually a bit of um bit of a softy really Mm. and I think he wanted to do something different with the character and this is much more more interesting especially bringing in a family and kids I mean that's that is more controversial to do that with Bond but then they've never done that before normally I don't like it when they're like you have an established character and they're like oh they've got a kid now but I think it was interesting to see this you know this ultimate bachelor having to suddenly deal with being a dad yeah I think that was that was quite that was good to see
0: okay I'm going to bring us back back to our main question tonight why do we love James Bond I mean, I
2: think for me, right, there's a few different facets to this. One on. is that he has arguably, like, the coolest job in the world. You know, mm. he sort of flies around in these awesome things. He gets these amazing cars, all these cool gadgets, and he does some pretty amazing things and ends up saving the world on a fairly regular basis. Like, I think it's just this sort of fantasy realm of, gosh, that would be cool. But equally, I think, going back to what we were saying earlier of, you know, there's lots that I can see that's wrong with him, but equally I can see that he's sort of ultimately on the side of good. And there's something quite attractive about that, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what's so appealing, I think, in those characters that when, when they're, they're doing something good and right, and you can get behind it, but they're not the typical good guy. They're the unlikely suspect who then has to do, has to take on responsibility and actually ends up compromising his bad character in a way to, to do something great.
2: And and sorry to sort of bring this down a notch, but I think I'm just thinking about this. There's something sort of quite refreshingly, uh, (laughs) I don't know, man about him in the, you know, in in the most recent film where they get, they go out the back of the plane in that glider thing. And, and um, she's like, you ever flown one of these before? And he's like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like you know don't read the instructions just figure it out you know?
0: um
2: and that includes being in a glider hurtling towards earth at like 400 miles an hour like yeah just i'll figure it
0: out or building ikea pack furniture at home
2: or that exactly i mean and this is the sort of mundanity versus the james bond fantasy right in, i mean in all of
0: us in all exactly, of us exactly
2: exactly that when you hold that sort of you know when you hold your electric drill in your hand for a minute and, you are you are bond so
0: and you you are gonna <laughs> you can show that Billy Billy bookcase who's boss yeah
2: I will save the world one piece of Ikea flat pack at a time
0: <laughs> okay right well look guys I mean we've had a nice chat but the purpose hmm. of this podcast is connect culture with Christianity hmm. I think it is interesting coming in hot off the back of alan ebenezer on making real men which by the way is our most popular episode today can we say that graham well, i just have anyway <laughs> so people are obviously intrigued by this conversation so mm-hmm. so go, but going back to your very opening statement though it was like james bond is a 10 year old's fantasy mm. in what way is jesus a, a, a better version of that which you say to attend you because that's hard to a 10 year old you know mm. you just you do want to be rich you want the gadgets maybe not the girls yet like you said but that kind of superhero thing Mm. how you know how would you hold jesus up
1: well i think i think james bond is attractive because of he, he seems to be the man of freedom he's a, he's apart from again this new one he is he is the ultimate bachelor he's free from marriage although you just get married once and it's tragic but mm. uh, it's almost it's displayed that it's better to 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 be single so you have more freedom to travel the world and and then you have more money to fast cars and and you sexual freedom as well sleep with as many beautiful women as you why would that sounds really attractive but he's also like Cobb's quite broken, especially you see that in the newer ones with what he goes through. He's he's portrayed as, he seems to be a of, have a bit of an alcohol problem. I wouldn't call that <laughs> freedom. He's he's actually a pretty nasty assassin in some ways when he's not saving the world. He's, he does kill people sometimes who maybe he didn't need to kill. Whereas I think Jesus takes, he's self-controlled, which is another form of freedom. He, he doesn't need all these things to define him. He takes responsibility ultimately in giving himself to other people and serving other people. Ultimately, by giving his his life, which I think is actually deep down what all men want. And you you get a, a glint of that with Bond. You have you know he has all these all these male fantasy things, but he he still needs to save the world. Where maybe maybe that's what it was for Ian Fleming. You know, sitting in Jamaica by his golden typewriter, smoking another cigarette like. Oh, what a boring desk job I've had! But I like smoking and gambling. What if I were? Then this fantasy of like, what if I was saving the world as well? I think deep down we all want to save the world, but what what does that actually involve, and how is that going to be the most satisfying? I don't mean save the world. I mean Jesus saves the world. I just mean give ourselves to the world in in selfless ways. I think deep down we mm. do that, and to be responsible and needed and useful. Mm to our community.
0: Uh, I get what you're saying is in the man who gives back and takes responsibility and and helps others in the, in their family in their I don't know in their workplace maybe.
1: It's amazing that you no know, that bond hasn't escaped that more Jesus like approach of being a real man how he's developed through Daniel Craig into ultimately being you know oh you've got to take responsibility now as a husband and father and you need to I mean you need to kind of make sure they're all right whilst you're not sure if you're going to be all right. And ultimately he isn't, and he has to die. And, you know, Mm. he he calls them up and he says, good, you're safe. And you've got, you, you've got all the time in the world. And he's ultimately that's, I think that's much more attractive than, ah, okay. i knocked her up. I I want nothing to do with her. I'm going to go back to the back to the casino, find another girl. Like, I don't think really we want we we want that as men deep down. I think ultimately we want what Bond wanted for himself at the end of No Time to Die.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I think it was interesting what Alan Ebenezer was saying as well in the previous episode around what do you look to? How do you define masculinity? And I think it's interesting when you sort of watch James Bond, or certainly for me anyway, I see lots of attractive things, but I'm left quite dissatisfied. It, it's interesting that... To what extent is James Bond a sort of reflection of what we want a man to be? So I don't know. I think I'm not I'm not trying to necessarily compare and contrast them together necessarily because I think there's lots of really cool, fun stuff about James Bond. But I think, in a way, it's kind of what do you anchor into? Um, and I feel that with James Bond, I, I, I love watching it, but I feel a bit dissatisfied with it. And I think with Jesus, that doesn't happen.
0: I mean, honestly, I feel like we should have just like weekly episodes with you on different films I mean I'd absolutely love that I would love that you've got your own podcast George so we'll let you do that okay
2: We'll plug that in the show notes for sure. We
0: will plug that in the show notes. Yeah. And George, it's been really fun. Thank you. I didn't know you actually went to the premiere. I mean, that is super, super cool. When I was asking we'll-
2: that question, I was not
0: Jean by the way. I had no idea. <laughs> so, you know, drop us a line if you ever need a, a third or fourth wheel to just go. and. <laughs>
2: totally. If you ever have a spare ticket, you know, uh, we'll get, we'll, know.
0: we'll dust off our uh, pink velvet tuxes. Tux, tux,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More me. than happy to. That Thanks, George. Thanks, George.
1: Thank you.
0: Really nice speaking to you. Thanks for listening to Table Talk, the podcast. We hope you found that uh, enjoyable, thought-provoking, interesting. If you did or if you didn't, uh, please leave us your feedback at our Facebook page, Table Talk podcast. We'd love you to get involved. Tell us what you think we should be covering on one of our next shows. And uh, uh, thanks for listening.